0: Yesterday was my first Mass at St. Mark's in uh, Red Granite, and Deacon introduced me, and he began with a big lie, and I was like, well, we can't start there. So he told people that I'm 6'3", and it's not true. I'm actually 6'4". So uh, there's, there's the reality. Uh, as we get to know one another, it's very easy to see a newly ordained priest, and even a, a new person you see. And the first thing you start doing is judging by appearance. Um, So then usually the next thing people ask is, is like, you know, how old are you? So I'm 34, and then where are you from? Well, I'm from Howard's Grove, which is in Sheboygan County. I grew up there. And I'm the youngest of four, and um, I I grew up with really good parents, and they're actually here today. So um, straight ahead of me, in the back there, my dad, Mark, in the white. You can say hi to him. And then my mom, Ellie, to the right. And um, Sure, go ahead and clap for them. And uh, as, as we get to, get to know one another, I'll tell you how I felt called to be a priest, but it's kind of, I was thinking if I tell you my whole witness today, it's kind of like proposing on the first date. So we'll, we'll get there, okay? Um, but in essence, my story goes, I was kind of a wild child in school. I was a childmaker. Uh, and then in my sophomore year in high school, or in college, I'm sorry, in college, I felt called to be a priest. So I went to a men's conference, and uh, I had a life-changing confession and encountered Jesus in the Mass and the Eucharist, and immediately felt called to be a priest in one day. And slowly but truly began to just detach from the, just the junk of the world, and started to give my heart over to the Lord and felt His call to be a priest. And I've been a priest for three years now, and I love being a priest. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I always tell people, But they ask me, what are some of the best decisions you made? And I say, the first one is saying yes to the call to the priesthood. And the second one is buying an F 150. So um, I drive a truck. There's a little external thing about me. I like to just haul stuff around. I'm, I'm a bigger guy, so I need a bigger vehicle. And that has nothing to do with anything besides a little bit about who I am and how I got here today. But in our gospel reading today, we hear about one of the most powerful gospel stories that everyone can relate to and if you can't relate to this one i don't i don't know where you're at jesus is walking on the water and he's walking through a storm and many of us our lives they are just simply screwed up we're full of junk full of fear and the lord is walking on the water because jesus is god and don't forget that he created that water so matter so matter what storm you and i are going through Jesus wants to walk into it and calm it. But notice how Peter is in the boat, and he says something strange. I would never say this. If if, say if, I, if you or I were on a boat right now, if we were on a boat, and we saw Jesus walking on water, would you dare say to Jesus, hey, if it's you, Jesus, call me to come walk on that crazy water. I'd be like, absolutely not. But, G, but Peter does that. And Jesus just says one word to him. He says, come. And Peter walks on water. He walks onto his fears. He takes a step out in faith. But as soon as he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he begins to sink. As soon as you and I take our eyes off of Jesus, we begin to sink. We get weighed down by the world. Anxiety goes up. Depression goes up. Hopelessness goes up. Fear goes up. And even sometimes, as we see in our world today, even suicide is going up. And the Lord, in the complexity of these horrible situations, he simplifies it. And he says, just say three words to me and I'll come. But come to me in faith. Some of us come to Jesus as a divine vending machine or as a genie or as a magician. And we think we just snap our fingers and Jesus hops. But no. No. Jesus is God, and He loves you immensely. And He says, Say these three words with faith Lord, save me. And save me from what? You think a lot of people they are kind of comfortable. Life is good. I'm okay. I'm fine. But the Lord wants to save you from your hopelessness, He wants to save you from your despair. He wants to save you even from yourself. And I want to read to you a poem by a woman named Sarah Burns. And she has a poem called, What Corona Reveals God Can Heal. And Corona, the virus, or even the racism we've been seeing in our world today, or even just the craziness of politics, it's revealing a lot of stuff the Lord wants to heal quick fact for you and I is that you and I are broken. And apart from Jesus, when he's not in our boats, life sucks. Life's horrible. You and I are just not the saints that we're created to be. And the Lord, just as he called Peter out of the boat, he's calling you and I out of the boat of fear, out of the boat of hopelessness, out of the boat of self-reliance. And I want you just to listen to this poem from Sarah Burns, And whatever stands out to you, that's most likely what the Lord wants to come into your heart and my heart and heal and redeem. To heal and redeem. Because we're broken. Because when we kick God out of our world, we kick God out of our hearts, life is messed up. It's a big storm. So I just want you just to slowly listen to this. And whatever stands out to you, most likely, that's where the Lord wants to come in. That's where the Lord wants to come in, but you have to ask him and say, Lord, save me. So Sarah Burns wrote a poem called, What Corona Reveals God Can Heal. So just dial in a little bit here and just be real with God. She says, we've all been exposed, not necessarily to the virus, maybe, who even knows. We've all been exposed by the virus. Corona is exposing us. Exposing our weak sides, exposing our dark sides, exposing what normally lays for far beneath the surface of our souls, hidden by the invisible masks we wear. Now exposed by the paper masks we can't hide far enough behind. Corona is exposing our addiction to comfort, our obsession with control, our compulsion to hoard, our self—excuse uh, me—our protection of self. Corona is peeling back our our layers, tearing down our walls, revealing our illusions, leveling our best-laid plans. Corona is exposing the gods we worship, our health, our constant hurry, our sense of security, our favorite lies, our secret lusts. Our misplaced trust. Corona is calling everything into question. What is the church without a building? What is my worth without an income? How do we plan without certainty? How do we love despite risk? Corona is exposing me. My mindless numbing, my endless scrolling my careless words, my fragile nerves. We've all been exposed. Our junk laid bare, our fears made known, the Band-Aid torn, the masquerade done. So what now? What's left? Clean hands, clear eyes, tender hearts. What Corona reveals God can heal. I don't know what stood out to you while I read that, but what stood out to me the most was our addiction to comfort. That's one of the biggest problems, because even Pope Benedict, Pope Emeritus Benedict, he said, you and I are not created for comfort. We're created for greatness. But yet we see a lot of people Deep down, the reason why they're not here or the reason why they're not fully engaged every day of every week in their faith, in their relationship with Jesus, is because I'm good. I'm fine. I got my six-pack of beer. I got my 60-inch TV. I got my Lazy Boy. I got my toys. I got my ATV. I got my snowmobile. I got my guns. I got all this stuff. But when you and I die, we can't bring any of that stuff with us to heaven. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying we're just too stinking comfortable sometimes. And the Lord wants to call you out of that boat of comfort and start living in faith. Because as we hear St. Paul say, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? Because somehow, when we look at the cross, we don't see condemnation, we see hope. We see what a Christian should have, which is hope. You and I should be different if we call ourselves believers in Jesus. Yet look at our world, and sometimes we're blending in. Fear of death. You and I should not fear dying because Jesus conquered that on the cross. And he offers us that new hope every time we go to confession, every time we receive communion, every time we repent and turn from our sins, every time we stop and just just start thanking and praising God for his goodness to us. So whether you and I get the coronavirus or not, We shouldn't be hopeless. We should say, well, if I die, I've gone to confession. I've called my priest to get last rites. I'm ready to go to my true home. But yet, a lot of us are afraid. And that's most likely where the Lord wants to come into your life and into my life, to heal us of our brokenness. Because you're broken. I'm broken. That's why this world is so screwed up. And that's what Jesus came to redeem. And the believer in Jesus should have a supernatural faith that when everything is going crazy, we keep our eyes on Jesus. We turn off the TV. We put the internet junk away and we begin to pray. We begin to check in on our neighbors and offer hope and not fear. And it might be uncomfortable to share the gospel with other people. But if you know Jesus, which In his gospel, which is the best news ever, that you and I don't have to fear death anymore, that he loves you, that you are worthy of his love. If you know that news and you know how he's called you to start walking in faith and not in fear, then you cannot do anything but share that with others. It explodes out of your heart. It explodes out of your heart. You all saw the explosion in Beirut, right? That explosion? That's nothing compared to the power of the gospel message. Imagine like a million or a billion of those explosions going off at once. And that's just, just an ounce of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for somehow somehow, we've made that message boring. We've made an explosion of love boring. How many people don't come to church because they say it's boring? That's ridiculous. That's nonsense. And Jesus, his love for you, that explosion of love for you is unique and individual to whatever you and I have gone through that makes us question and doubt. Like Jesus talking to Peter, why do you doubt? You have little faith. He wants to remove the doubt from your heart, the fear from your heart, so that you and I can be one thing, free. He wants to set you free from your fears, free from your anxiety, free from depression. But he loves you so much that you have to invite him in. God will never force his love upon you. So what do you do? How do you invite him in? Well, you say three words. Lord, save me. And then you got to wait for him to come in. Again, he's not a genie, he's not a magician, he is Lord. And he loves you immensely. And he's so patient. But will you be patient for him? And as you come down the aisle and you literally receive the body and blood of Jesus, and as the deacon or the priest says, the body of Christ, you should say back to him in your hearts after you say amen, this is my body given up for you. Right? And then ask him, when you go to your pews and sit down, ask him to come into that darkness. Ask him to come into that brokenness and to heal it and redeem it. And he wants to heal you at the root. From whatever it started, when you were a child, when you had a broken relationship, or whether you were abused, or whatever it was, he wants in. So you can stop living in fear and start living in hope. And God doesn't complicate it. We do. He makes it simple. All you have to say are three words, my friends, and say these words often. Lord, save me. And don't go to TV. Don't go to alcohol. Don't go to gambling. Don't go to gossip. Don't go to all the cardinal sins. Just go to the Lord. And he'll meet you right where you're at. So I don't know what boat you're in right now, but I think in that poem, it's just sometimes it's a boat of comfort which is making us live in fear to to leave that boat. But you and I are called to leave here and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And you got to speak it and you got to share it. But if you don't believe in it, you can't give what you don't have. So maybe you just have anxiety because I I don't know if I believe right now. My whole world's being shaken. And the Lord says, good, I want to meet you there. I want to talk to you about that. And it's real. And he, he loves you so much. And just as Peter said the words, Lord, save me, immediately the Lord came in. And that's what he wants to do in your life. So I don't know what's tossing you or what tosses you to make you lose your faith in Jesus or take your eyes off of Jesus, but the Lord wants you to be always fixed on him. So when things get complicated, keep it simple. Just remember those three words, Lord, save me.